Yowza, yowza, yowza. Hello, my asshole chaps. This is your totally wired bra bro, Matthew Sanborn Smith, and his doubly crotched panty podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. It's the May 27th show. Today's story is all about if two heads are better than one, then many heads would be even more best. If the most better ranking officer on your ship turns out to be a total tuber, you may refer to him in whispers as the Capitator. The Capitator by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Cho was rather ambivalent about his job as the royal head-cutting-off guy. On the one hand, there was always work because the emperor was a madman. That was about it. He didn't have the other hand because of that time he was cleaning his chainsaw when it suddenly went off. But ambivalence wasn't what he'd signed up for in this life. He had always wanted to make a difference in the world. When his wife Suzanne pointed to the fields of corpses stretching to every horizon, he would amend his statement to explain he wanted to make a good difference. Kinda dug yourself a hole then, Suzanne would say. Cho wished he had dug himself a hole. Then he wouldn't be stepping on dead bodies all day long. He knew he could figure a way out of this mess if only he'd use his head. And hell, he had a hundred thousand or so heads to choose from, didn't he? That was it. The misery he'd spent his entire adult life causing happened because people really liked their heads, and he had taken those away from them. Wouldn't he bring a lot more joy to the world by replacing those heads? He immediately started grabbing random heads and sewing them onto bodies. But those damned people still weren't happy. They all complained they'd gotten the wrong heads. What ingrates. Well, Cho would be damned if he was going to try and match up all the original pairings in this mess. That would take forever. It's not like he had color-coded them. Or rather, he had color-coded them, but they were all color-coded red. You naive listeners might think the heads would be right next to their bodies, but how could that be when after each execution, Cho victoriously drop-kicked the newly liberated head in a random direction? Cho realized that the only reason people hated their new heads was that everyone thought their new head was inferior to the old one, without exception. Suzanne came up with the perfect solution. While Cho sewed, Suzanne painted racing stripes on the new heads. Say, everyone said, that's more like it. Then they went vroom vroom and raced off pretending to ride a motorcycle. Now Cho was in business. He brought happiness to lots of folks, but when he was all done with his piles of bodies, he still had a lot of heads left over. He wasn't sure why. Unless maybe it was his shitty neighbors throwing their extra heads into his pile, thinking he'd never notice. How could he not notice? No matter, his mom always used to say life was a bowl of heads. Mom was creepy as fuck. But she was right, it turned out. Cho figured if he could make all those bodies happy by adding heads to them, he'd sure as hell be able to make all sorts of other things happy too. He began sewing heads onto headless statues. It's hard to sew things onto marble, by the way. He sewed heads onto random animals, onto finer homes, select sandwiches, musical scores, all sorts of things. He made the headless horseman quite headful once more. He restored heads of state. He gave head in bus station bathrooms. When he was finished, he was feeling quite heady, but was disappointed that he'd run out of the brain cases that had made made this most recent chapter in his life so fulfilling. He visited head shops all across the land to no avail. But he found much more avail by making a deal with restaurant owners who would now give him all the heads they were going to throw out at the end of the night anyway. He even took the partially chewed heads off their hands. Suzanne had to make the racing stripes bigger. If this story headed you off, you can pass it and other uncomfortable stones at the web geranium of the bonus cranium BewareTheHairyMango.com. Weep expectantly on the comments for this post or bug email me and we'll stay up all week fixing the problems with this code at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or vroom zoom zoom 
at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we started cutting our losses, the SF and SF Signal used to stand for Selected Forts, the weekly public radio show and podcast during which our greatest fiction writers drape sheets between the living room furniture and hide underneath until a fight with their siblings breaks out and mom's nice things smash onto the floor and we all piss ourselves because you don't fuck with Joyce Carol Oates' mom's precious moments Avon decanter and live to tell the tale. So we'll go no more tweeting so late into the night unless it's to twitter.com slash up with gravity. I'd like to say I'm up at all hours but if I'm going to be honest I'm only up at some hours and none of them are good ones. And speaking of that I know I'm not the only one that thinks when Bruce Springsteen sings about the wee wee hours that those are the ones in the middle of the night where you get up to pee right? Well I'm not up at those hours either and my soaked mattress is about as firm as a marshmallow dissolving in hot cocoa. You're running out of time to send me emails and mp3s for the last episode of the show. I'm okay with that because it's less work for me if you don't. The hours of research I do trying to get your voices right or if you send recordings the hours of research I do trying to grapple with the concept of that voice coming out of that face or name. Know what? I'm going to start offering extra services for your donated dollars. Send me a dollar and a picture of what's underneath your bed and I'll tell you if there's a monster in there. Send me a dollar and a picture of the inside of your pants and I'll tell you if there's a monster in there. If you send me $17 I'll tell everyone else there's a monster in there. That's not just a service for the guys in the audience. There are vagina monsters. That's what my mom told me when I started dating. This podcast lazily dresses your husband's lower genitals up in ball gowns while dressing his upper genitals in the dazzling new line of short-sleeved shirts known as dick tees, which maybe would sell better if they were made to stretch even a little bit. And I guess we probably should have discussed that in the concept meeting, but everyone was so nervous while in the same room as the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Until Jerry was no longer a race car driver, this will spread the infection of Matthew Sanborn Smith and remind you it's better to have loved and lost than to have been stabbed in the ass by the battleship Potemkin. Good night. Hey, we're getting near the end and I'm running out of ideas here, okay? Kinda dug yourself a hole then, Suzanne would say, or was that Mickey Mouse? <laughs>